Sweet Juice. Every single Saturday. On these airwaves, my name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. This is Citizen Watch on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on. communities up and down the 99 here in the valley of love central california that's right spring is in the air spring has sprung oh let me stop this so many things to do well it's saturday what is today saturday april 3rd 2021 the first saturday in april just to let you know the good news today Your second payment of your property taxes is not due. But next Saturday, it is. I believe because it's a weekend. Could be mistaken. You know, there was an ad by Karen Adams. I need to get that out. I'll get that out in the next break. Wanting to remind everybody that the second installment of your property tax payment for the County of Merced, because they need that money. Is due next week. I think you have until the 12th to get it in there. Because I think it has to be postmarked on a weekday. But I'm not sure it was Saturday because the post office is open. But the bottom line, you owe it. Of course, the first payment was due December 10th. This is the second installment of two for the privilege to own property here in the beautiful state of California in the county of Merced. So just to let folks know. Something to do with that uh, stimulus payment, the uh, impact card, the pandemic impact card. Haven't we all been affected by the pandemic? I'll tell you, this staying in the purple tier, uh, P for purple, P for punishment. I don't know if some past deed, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. And I think uh, locally we tried to keep the businesses open, tried to respect private enterprise, tried not to have a, well, too much of an overreach of government regulation, but yet be respectful and uh, responsive to the pandemic. Now, we are only one of three, I understand, counties that are still in the purple. The other two, have you ever heard of Inyo? Has anybody been to Inyo County? I mean, you might as well be in Nevada. I forget the other county. It's forgettable. But here we are in the Central Valley, America's breadbasket, with all of the equity and the shortages of vaccine and everything we've suffered, and yet, and still economically in the purple tier. Now, you would be surprised at some of the Facebook comments of people saying that this is our own fault. Those that dare, those of you that dare go outside and have a burger get a cheeseburger or something. You know, I, how dare you do that? You're jeopardizing the rest of us. And, you know, as people have said all along that, you know, may have differing views, if you feel sick, if you feel uncomfortable, stay home. Stay home. Shouldn't you anyway? I mean, wasn't that the original idea when, you know, somebody came down with something at work? Uh, why don't you take a couple of days off? So why do we get sick pay? You know that you're allowed three sick days a year. 
I think just by default here in California. Well, they just signed a new law into effect, pandemic-related, Governor Newsom. Uh, I believe it was the 1st of March, sometime in March. And what it did was give an additional 80 hours of sick pay to full-time employees. Now, these are only for companies that have more than, I believe, 25 employees, which affects a lot of companies. This isn't just a single operation. It's within the state, uh, how the state looks at it. And what it did is it gave an additional 80 hours of sick pay to employees that are full-time. If you're part-time, they take the number of hours you work in a six-month period, divide that by the number of days in the month, not the number of weeks, not the number of work days, but the total number of days, and they get an hour per day uh, factor. You know, it's usually something less than eight, because obviously eight going into seven isn't eight hours a day, is it? My MCOE math tells me that. And then you multiply that factor by 14. So even the part-timers get 20, 30, 40, depending, you know, up to close to 80 hours of sick pay also. So it's what, what a wonderful system here in California. Lots of safety nets that have turned into safety hammocks. Like I say, the pandemic, pandemic impact card, blah, blah, blah. But still businesses have to survive. And the only way they can survive is to open. So here in Merced County, we've seen a lot of businesses open, uh, I would say probably against the rules, depending on what the rules are. I know that our metrics are within the red tier, but again, the rules are you have to maintain that for 14 days. So for 14 days, even though you comply and the infection rate is what it is, you still suffer economically, and I really have to applaud these businesses. I am not one of the people that say the businesses are contributing to the spread, especially if you heard our interview with the sheriff. He directly contradicted that with the state health official, and they could not defend that businesses, especially restaurants, were contributing to the spread any more than, say, Home Depot or Walmart or Target or any of the other stores that have not been closed. So the food establishments that are open here in Merced, and I I am sure, other communities in not only Merced County, and, and legally up and down the valley now, because a lot of the counties are in the red tier, which we supposedly will get to next Tuesday. But again, those businesses that opened up and that I patronize, uh, you know, congratulations. I'm glad that you are getting the clientele, because there are a lot of people they're chomping at the bit to get out, to do something. The weather's nice. It's spring. We're what? Into the first week uh, week of, of spring. Of course, it's Easter weekend. And uh, that that's a big deal for people to get out, to uh, enjoy themselves. Of course, the services and that sort of thing, a little bit different. I know the Easter egg uh, hunts and those type of thing. Again, the public activities are, are still somewhat curtailed. I don't know if you've heard, but the fair is still canceled. Merced County Fair, something that we would all be looking forward to in a month or so. They kept having it earlier and earlier to beat the heat. Now we're trying to beat the pandemic, so we just cancel it for the second year in a row. But we will have the livestock. I guess uh, don't have to worry about anthrax over there. But anyway, it's one of the one of the really sad things about this whole 
tier system is now we are in the last place again out of 58 counties we're 50 uh well i guess you know between 50 6th 7th and 8th depending on where you are because again there's three counties in the purple so hopefully it'll it'll get a little better before it gets can it get any worse i hope not i really feel for the business owners i'll tell you one thing i've noticed is uh the uh, prices have gone up a little bit i had lunch the other day and uh oh i wasn't shocked but you know a 47 dollar bill for lunch you're like uh it's a that's a big bite you know and the portions hey the portions were good everything was wonderful the service impeccable and that included a very may i say generous tip well no that was no, I, I left out of there. It was 60 bucks I dropped. But the, the bill was 47 Anyway, the point being is things are going up. You know, the cost of business, employees, and, you know, going back to all the safety nets, you know, the, uh, the extra hours of sick pay. I mean, if you're an employee and you're thinking, hey, man, that's an extra two weeks vacation, very, very liberal the way the state structured this additional sick pay that the governor signed into place. One of the more interesting aspects I found is it's retroactive back to January 1st of this year. That's right. Uh, even if you've lost your job, you can go back and say, hey, I was, uh, you know, taking time off to care of my, uh, you know, take care of myself. I had a scratchy this or an itchy this or, you know, I uh, had to quarantine. You know, the uh, we always heard about the quarantine and you, and you know, the quarantine is 14 days. So if for some reason uh, you had that situation before March 29th of this year, you can go back and retroactively uh, claim that. And your employer has to pay you on the next check. They cannot ask for any doctor's note or anything like that. Very, very liberal. Very, very liberal in how this new sick pay benefit is administered by the state. There's a really wonderful website on the uh, Cal EDD uh, website that explains this. I think if you just punch in uh, 2021 pandemic sick pay of course state of california there was a plan i didn't even know about it there was something in 2020 also again another 80 hours for those folks that found themselves having to isolate quarantine incubate i guess that's eggs i forget anyway whatever you have to do uh, when you uh come down with the with the vid and again the vaccination rate uh, someone interesting here in Merced County talking to the Merced County Department of Public Health, which you will hear, I think uh, Christine mentioned it, in community conversation. She's been on over a year now because, again, as you know, the pandemic started in March of 2020. Well, it started before then, but the shutdowns here locally, that's, that's when you really started feeling it. Again, we were very lucky to get an election in. Anybody remember the election back in March a year ago? Over a year ago now, we were really lucky to get that in. But Christine, with the Merced County Department of Public Health, who has had a target on on them for a long time, because you know they were they were the bad guy. They were painted as the uh, you know the authoritarian on a lot of this stuff. They were just following uh, the state edicts, uh, mandates, uh, rules, and again, those changed. A lot, believe me, the communication left a lot to be desired. But now, it turns out that we have more vaccine than arms to put it in. And you may say, what? 
Because there's a lot of resistance out there in the public. A lot of resistance out there in the public to get the shot, get the jab. And I found that interesting that it's already uh, showing itself in our supply chain, this and that. Because when you look at the number of people that we vaccinated percentage-wise, well, it's not close to the 70% that we need for this herd immunity. Herd immunity, they call it. Where you have so many people that have the antibodies. You know why aardvarks don't get sick, right? Because they're full of antibodies. Anyway, you're full of antibodies and not that you're an aardvark, but you have the resistance. You're like the Borg. Resistance is fuel. You can uh, ward off the virus. And of course, the shot, what, 91, 92% effective. So you get 70, 80% of the people out there that, uh, you know, nothing's going to happen to them. They're Teflon Don. Well, it, it, nobody, you know, there's no transmission. Transmission rate really drops and it becomes just kind of a background disease, uh, affliction, virus, cold, whatever. You know, like so many things we live with. Isn't it amazing how you haven't heard about the flu lately? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. But the businesses have really suffered. Congratulations to those that... And I know you're nervous. I know you're nervous. I still don't see the full uh, complement of condiments. You know, you have to... Uh, hey, can you bring me some salt? Yeah, here, here it is. You know, the guy opens his shirt. No, it's really... Uh, you know, but it's great to uh, be around other people, see people you know, give a little nod of the head and do the shoulder... Or the uh, What's the elbow bump? You don't dare shake hands, for God's sakes. You might kill me. <laughs> you might give me the COVID. I don't know. Anyway, hey, a lot of things going on here in Merced this weekend. We'll talk about them. A lot of things that went on during the week. And coming up, it's going to be a city council meeting Monday night. City of Merced, first one in a long time. You know, there were five Mondays in March. That really makes for a long month. There's five Fridays in this month, which I don't know. Hopefully a lot of paydays there, right? I don't know. I hope so. Okay, let's get out of this segment. Make sure I leave everything just right for Dave Luna because he's uh, he comes in a little later, you know, has the uh, cruising, cruising for, uh, no, cruising with, cruising with the big kahuna, Dave Luna. He is, uh, he is the big man on the radio tonight, five to six on KYOS. Hey, we'll be right back. My name's Casey Steed, Citizen Watch, the voice of your valley, Merced's new, Merced's new stock, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Hey! Ooh, a little loud there, sorry. Here we are, Saturday morning. My name's Casey Steed. April 3rd, 2021. First Saturday in April. Springtime, baby. I'm coming out. All the buds on the tree. All the leaves. All the weeds. All those weeds in your yard. Hey, get those down before uh, before Chief Parker sends you the nasty gram. You know, the fire danger. I'll tell you, no water. No agua. No agua. It's really, uh, it's really bad out there. The rain situation. Nothing in the news lately. I think there's something next week. The low percentages. We need a lot. The snowpack. <laughs> MID again. You'll hear them later uh, in the upcoming hour, seven o'clock hour, talking 
with Roger Wood. Great community conversation episodes this week. So informative. A pleasure to record this week. We were only three minutes late. I couldn't believe it. But uh, the water situation, not uh, not good. As you know, we've talked about it before. $50 an acre foot, same as last year. The same price per gallon, if you will. Volumetric. Equivalent. But not as much, baby. You can't fill up the tank. No, it's like the, uh, you know, the oil embargo of the 70s. The 1870s. No, in the 1970s, it was, uh, it was bad. Because we were dependent on Arab oil as we're going back to now. I mean, hey, why not? Why be self-sufficient? In energy production, but I get off track. Even though water is energy, believe me, where water flows, food grows. It's what we do, if you haven't noticed. And the reservoir, plural reservoirs, up in the mountains, well, while they may be and seem full, and of course more will flow in as the snow melts. You have to release certain amounts, uh, keep the, you know, keep the streams and rivers flowing. Certain temperatures, certain things, minimal pools, all these terms that nobody ever thought about when you have a lot of water. So they're only going to allow the farmers two and a half acre feet. Now to grow, and it depends on what you're depends on what you're growing. But a lot of folks need about four acre feet. That's forty eight inches. That's uh, you know, when they say an acre foot, it's enough water to cover an acre, twelve inches, an acre foot. Three hundred and some thousand gallons. And the point being is uh, there's only two and a half available. Again, MID has some reserves underground where they can draft, where they have water banked, where they have recharged the aquifer. But again, that's kind of a, you know, that's a dicey thing. You know, you put it down there. Is it there? Is it, does it, did it move? I mean, I don't know how that, the hydrology, how that all works. But the point being is that's this year. What about next year? Got to look forward. Again, the word sustainability, how we go forward, how we move forward, how we continue as a community is very, very, very important. So hopefully those answers will come to us with MID. I promise you, I'm going to get John Swigert in here and Hisham Ektel. I'll tell you, this guy, both of them, so knowledgeable, really leaders in not only water, and irrigation but in this community and have provided the farmers and growers of this community a livelihood for the last well i know mid's been in business a long time i'm an mid customer have been forever ever since we had it before that where we were at out there uh, in the in the east side it uh, was the ditch had a, a a well and it was run by a pump that would you know off the wheel or the the pulley the flywheel of the tractor and it would fill the ditch so you would draft out of the ditch and fill the ditch. That's still done, obviously, uh, with modern pumps and things like that, with MID. And then, of course, the gravity system, as I call it, the uh, flowing of water, even though there are some siphons, which you can use gravity. Very interesting, the system of, that MID has of distribution, the conveyance system, the canals, the pipelines. It's just absolutely fascinating. And it would probably be right now to mentioned that those conveyance systems are being filled up as orders have been taken and water deliveries are being made. You know, the growers, they put in an order, you know, hey, I want water every, you know, X amount of day, so many cubic feet a second, so many acre feet, blah, 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 blah. 
MID has to figure that out, send it down the waterways. You know, it takes time. You know, it's like going down a hose. You know, turn on the hose. Hey, look in the end. You know, and it takes a little while for it to get there. You got to make sure you don't send too much. You don't want to have waste. Tail water, they call it. You know, after you're done. Hey, there's more. It's still coming. So it's very, it's, it's just an amazing, an amazing system. And I don't think, personally, and that's why I want to ask Hisham and, and John if they'd ever be so kind to come in and, and talk to our listeners. That it, could that conveyance system, could those ditches that you see along the side of the road, the valves, the threaded rods sticking up with the wheel, the gates, could that ever be replicated in today's regulatory environment? I don't know, but I sure, get your, I sure bet it would be rare, very, very expensive. Much more expensive than what it costs to put in. And when you look at being able to get water, basically from the Merced River as it flows through beautiful Yosemite Valley into your backyard for $50 an acre foot, well, I don't know where else in the world that happens. Uh, Clean up today at Joe Herb Park. This is something that uh, everybody would love to do if they had a little extra time. The weather is supposed to be superb. Again, talking about water. It's supposed to be 80-some degrees today. This is almost 15 degrees above normal. The dirt is drying out. The grass is drying out. Evaporation is a little higher this time of year than anticipated. Again, necessitating the need for earlier water deliveries than anticipated. But I get off track. Joe Herb Park, you know where that is. That's over by the bridge that took 15 years to build over there on uh, going 140 over to the to the park, not Joe Hurt Park, going over to Yosemite Park. Anyway, today, I believe it starts at 8 o'clock. Free coffee over at the Starbucks on Childs and Carroll Avenue for those participating in the cleanup. Now, don't go over there and, you know, fib or anything like that. But a lot of people are helping out in this, in the community. And when I say, and even the electives. Now, I think, I don't know if this is a... A brainchild of uh, Mayor Serrato, our new mayor. And I say new. He's been in the saddle, what, four or five months now? And this is the second or third community cleanup. I participated in the last one, which I think it was in the end of February or March. It's, I can tell you it was a, uh, it was a memorable experience. And brought, uh, I don't know, multiple loads, a dozen loads of stuff from the community. That was in District 2. This is in District... Four, I believe. This is Jesse Ornalis's district. And uh, again, lot. I'm, sh- I'm sure there will be no shortage of things to pick up. Uh, again, it starts at about 8 o'clock. I think they're uh, you know going to organize you into teams, get you out there in the alleys, the byways, the, uh, you know, nothing, nothing too unsafe, I don't believe. And then uh, they'll have bags, a ton of trash bags. They usually have snacks and stuff. And then the big uh, fiesta at 11 o'clock, 11, 11.30, they're going to have food. I think I read on the Facebook site of Mayor Serrato that they had food for 900 people. That's a lot. i tell you what, if they get 900 volunteers, that place is going to shine like a diamond and a goat's. Well, like I said, it's really going to look nice. And I would, I would encourage people to, uh, to participate if you got time. Hey, even if you can just do a couple of truckloads. Uh, the sad thing is, uh, as I said, I participated in District 2's cleanup, oh, it was several weeks ago. I talked about it. 
It's back there in the archives again, 1480kyos.com. Go there on the podcast. There they all are. 180-some shows. Brief description, a brief description of just a part of what they all include. But anyway, we went through a lot of alleys. I think I told you a part, found a, you know, remnants of a cow. I mean, it was really interesting. People were very grateful. The people I worked with, gosh, I wish you remember the name of the church. What a wonderful group. They may, they may be there today. I bet they are. And uh, we decided to do, what did the mayor call that? An audible. I'm making an audible. You know, we're football players out there. We're on the mayor's team, you know. So we all went over to the on-ramp at G and 13th Street. Over there by uh, Mays Memorials. I don't know if it's Mays Memorials anymore, but you know where they scratch out the granite. Uh, what else is it over there? By G Street. G Street and Highway 99. And let me tell you, there's a homeless encampment along the fence there. And it was enlightening cleaning that up, getting, uh, you know, hands on, so to speak. Hands in. Hands into a lot of things I didn't want to get my hands into. And I can see how hepatitis and some of those things. You're worried about COVID? Oh, go to the cleanup day today. COVID will be the last thing you're going to be worried about, my friends. And not to discourage you, but I'm just saying, there's more than COVID out there to worry about, okay? So uh, what I'm trying to get around to is we basically could go back to District 2 today, but I know it's District 4. I understand, you know, we're, we're sharing the love. But how many times are we going to have to go back over and over and over and over? I saw this. And we'll talk about it sometime today, hopefully, if I get to all of my... Let me look at the copier. Oh, yeah, everything's printed. There's lots to talk about, lots of things going on. One of the things that's going to be discussed Monday night at the city council meeting in Merced is homeless encampments and where to put them. What? What? What did you say, Casey, just now? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're there now. They have a beautiful interactive map. It's a 20... Or 25-page PowerPoint presentation that'll be made to the council and uh, anybody that can tune in. If you're technologically savvy, if you've got a cable bill, and if it goes on before midnight, because after midnight they shut that feed off, or if you have internet connection. You don't have that, well, we'll tell you about it on Citizen Watch next week. But the bottom line is they're going to talk about where to have homeless camps or to, uh, how do I want to say, service the ones that we already have. Now, a couple of things happened in March that were somewhat notable. And that was the opening of the Navigation Center, which we talked about ad nauseum last week. And this week was the opening of the El Capitan Hotel downtown, the fifth rebuilding. You know, they said the fourth, but they're not counting the one that they did in 20, you know, 1920 when they started rebuilding it. It was, you know, almost there. Plywood, they had the chicken wire up. They were ready to go with the stucco. And it was like, uh-oh, we used the wrong what? And they had to tear it back down to the, uh, well, you know, they kind of shrouded it like the, like the Madonna there. They didn't want you to see. But, well, anyway, they rebuilt it. It opened. It's beautiful. Absolutely. My word. I mean, it really is a jewel for Merced. I am... For private investors to come in and put that kind of juice, that kind of money, that kind of capital, that kind of faith in not only one, but really three properties because it was the trifecta. I mean, they got a deal and we got a deal. It's what you call a win-win. The Tioga, 
the Manzer, and the El Capitan. Now, the El Capitan, like I said, had a little, you know, and it wasn't the investor's fault. You know, he had a contractor, that, you know, trying to, you know, hey, this will work, won't it? <laughs> no. And uh, those those pesky inspectors, I mean, you know, you don't want another ghost ship. You don't want another, you know, people check in, they don't check out. It ain't that kind of hotel. So it had to be rebuilt right in the opening of, you know, maybe October 19. Well, hey, March 2021 is better than, you know, nothing. And God bless the owners for helping or staying in there. Hanging in there is what I was going to say. Hanging in there financially. I'm sure there were some bonds. There was some insurance paid. There was some people that may not be in business anymore. I don't know, but the bottom line is it open. So there's so many great things going on, but the navigation center, a place to stay. Of course, the El Capitan, a place to stay. And we're being told we don't have enough places to stay for the homeless. Now I'm sure they're not going to go project room key over there at the new El Capitan, which ended April 30 or excuse me, the end of last month. Did you know that? Yeah, it ended uh, end of the end of the month. They had, I believe, nine people, according to Supervisor Pereira. Again, you're going to hear that in community conversations that took advantage of the opportunity to go to the navigation center. Differing numbers. I read different publications how many people they can handle over there currently with the COVID situation. Also, turning the D Street Shelter into a navigation center. Navigation center is a very popular word now. We'll talk more about this after the break. They go quick. We'll be right back. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Saturday morning. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. Citizen Watch, Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. So happy to have you here with me every Saturday morning. I just couldn't do it without you. You know, talking to this microphone, I don't know who's listening, but then I get out there in the community and I really appreciate the comments. Sometimes they're not that great, but hey, you know, we take the good with the bad. April 3rd, 2021, Saturday morning. Spring, man, I'll tell you, it's, uh, it has sprung with a vengeance. The trees, you can watch you can watch the leaves almost grow with this weather in real time. You know, you look in the morning and you know, it's a little green. You look in the afternoon, I got shade. The uh, grass, too, growing the weeds, the vacant lots. Again, I'll tell you, there's a certain point where the weed whacker gets a little tougher to take down. So get those power tools out. Try to stay away from the, uh, you know, the chemicals. I guess those are bad. Not good to use all those things. And if you're so inclined as far as cleanup, if you don't have enough to do around the house and you want to take care of some of the folks that, uh, well, I don't know. You know, it's not all the homeless that's going to go on today with the cleanup. A lot of people sometimes, you know, they leave stuff out, the furniture, the this and that. This Merced uh, neighborhood walks unbelievable group of people that literally go out it seems like every day multiple times a week i don't know you guys will have to tell me a lot of facebook posts they're going out picking up you know piles of furniture this and that that have been deposited by people that just can't seem to make it to the bulky item drop off for free 
If you're not using that, oh, and by the way, that's open today. First Saturday of the month, right? Am I correct, Amundo? I think I am. Uh, what are the hours? Now you're going to ask me the hours, Casey. I think it's more than 12 to 3, but for sure, for sure, for sure. I think I told you guys I've been using it. It's open during the week, too. Tuesday through Friday, 12 to 3. Every week. And then two Saturdays a month. It was one Saturday. Now I think it's the first and third. This month it'd be the third today. And the 17th coming up, I believe. Don't quote me. But during the week, if you're so inclined, you got something to do on the lunch hour or nothing to do, you can take a load over. And they'll take anything. There was a cat behind me the other day. That was a couple of weeks ago now. Had a spa in his uh, pickup, standing up, you know, hanging over the tailgate, like 10 by 10. I could not believe it. Luckily, it wasn't a windy day. It looked like a sail on a sailboat. Pulled in. I thought for sure they were going to spin him around, send him to some alley over there in district. No, I'm teasing. But uh, no, they, they took it, you know, backed him up, you know, pushed it off. I don't know what they did with it. Bring out the bulldozer after work, have a couple of beers, roll that out. No, I don't know what they do. But they took a whole spa, a whole spa. You know, the wooden sides, the fiberglass tub, all the pump. The, I mean, this thing was complete. You know how many of those mos- mosquito incubators are in people's backyards, unused? You know, honey, someday we're going to. We're going to fix that. You know, spring's coming. God, wouldn't that be nice? You know, sit out there in the summer, 115 degrees and 200-degree water. (laughs) Yeah, get rid of it. Clear it off. Plant a garden. Put a greenhouse in. You know, be compliant with the law. I don't know, but the point being is they'll take anything over there. So you don't need to put stuff in the alley. And thank God the county tightened up their law where they had no teeth before. No You You could be dumping stuff. In front of the sheriff, and that'd be about the only way they could uh, give you give you a, a ticket. Now, if they find identification in the remnants, in other words, they come along, hey, there's a big pile of junk. If they can find a piece of identification that, that ties you to it, guess what? You're going to get a bill. So you know what that means. Set it on fire before you leave. No, I'm teasing. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do it in the first place. How about that? Because there's a free place to take it. The bulky item drop-off over there at Yosemite and Highway 59. It was the old Boulders Unlimited. Remember, if you needed a boulder, they had unlimited boulders. And uh, you didn't need many to be called Boulders Unlimited because how many people needed boulders? You see, that business is not, I don't think it. Have they moved somewhere? Have they rolled? (laughs) Like the Flintstones over there. So anyway, Joe Herb Park today, 8 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. Meet the mayor. You can get a picture with the mayor. I think it only costs $5. And uh, they're going to clean up District 4. It's going to look really nice when they're all done. you got to wear a mask. you got to be safe. And believe me, my friends, you're going to want to wear more than, like I say, I think they provide, I don't know if they have gloves. I brought my own gloves. I, I just worked on the bulky items. They have all the trash trucks sit over there. You know what was interesting? A lot of the neighbors from the uh, District 2, you know, they were, because no, it was set up at, uh, what was it? Stephen Leonard? No, no, no. Uh, McNamara. McNamara Park is where the last one was. And they took over the parking lot. When I say they, the city trash trucks, the roll-off bins, because mattresses, oh my word. People were bringing in mattresses. You thought a hotel closed or something. But uh, people would notice from the neighbor, hey, uh, I think I can drive. Because they weren't checking, you know, IDs or anything like that. The volunteers versus, you know, people that may have lived in the neighborhood. 
even had a couple of landscapers come through and, uh, you know, drop off the day's, the day's efforts. But, uh, hey, it's all, like I said, isn't it better to do that than to pick it up in an alley, you know, on a rotating basis? So, again, there's a lot of places to take trash. And that's one of the, the big things with Merced, uh, I think, that we need to address. And, again, it's not always the homeless problem. Uh, that, that's going on. Let me let me go through my notes here. You know, so many things to talk about. It's just so difficult to get to them all. As we said, we're still in the purple category. Uh, God bless you, restaurants that are open. People that are, uh, you know, taking a little chance, want to stay in business. It's called uh, it's called surviving. And if you've made it this far, well, I think you're going to make it. El Cap is open. The El Capitan Hotel again. Wonderful, wonderful private money investment. Thank you. I know you had to build it twice, but you know what? We really appreciate it. And uh, I, I don't know how to tell you that a lot of folks know that the money uh, comes from longtime retail family, uh, even though it's owned by the Hyatt chain, the Joy de Ver, one of their private collections, as they call it. Joy de Ver means the joy of life. And this is a really big step for the city of Merced. This is high end. This is high end hotel. Uh, this, this hotel, uh, uh, 200 a night, it's not a cheap place to stay. The amenities are impeccable. When I saw the valet parking on Main, I'm like, wow, we have really, really moved up. And the people they're employing, I think, uh, between all three properties, 150 people being employed here locally. And it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful thing they had Wednesday, the grand opening of the new El Capitan. I love the Merced County Times. They covered uh, the El Capitan opening, had a couple of pictures. Who wrote this? I don't know. Maybe it's at the end, but you know, I always tease the uh, typesetter over there at the Merced County Time. I know there's a lot of, a lot of lead and things like that. You have to set it. But let me just read this one. Uh, it was uh, kind of a quote from Stephanie Dietz. She was going on about the El Capitan, the Manzer to a fan. She's talking about the team that restored the Tioga to market rate apartments, the Manzer to a family fun entertainment center, and now the El Capitan to the Jewel to the Jewel Hotel. That I once was. And I think it was supposed to say that it once was. But again, you get the inflection. You know, it's that MCOE English. I have my problems with MCOE math. So I can appreciate the Merced County Times leaving a letter out here and there. It makes it a lot more funner. It's almost like a word search. So uh, you get the uh, inflection. And sometimes it has a different meaning. And I think that Stephanie Dietz is uh, still a jewel. And she still is. And, of course, the El Capitan is now back to its former glory. And it does just look beautiful. You know, it really, it, it really is what needs to happen to so many buildings downtown. I hate to be, I hate to be uh, you know, uh, well, realistic. But a lot of them need fire sprinklers. They need the upgrade, the seismic upgrades. They need the ADA, uh, the lighting, the uh, Title 24, which has to do with the energy usage you know, we hear so much about LEED and the uh, leading and energy efficiency design. And, of course, the UC campus is being built with all that latest technology because it's easy to incorporate it into new construction. Now, it's not so easy uh, when it's retrofit, remodel. Now, you can have some benefit when you declare things historical landmarks, as I believe the El Capitan was. And it makes it a little easier to do things like that, some of those renovations. But still, there's a lot that's required under new regulations. And again, they don't get any easier as time goes along. When we look at the uh, haunted historic, uh, I don't know if it's a historic landmark, but the, you know, it's been there forever. 
the Schaefer Building, which is directly across the street from the, in the shadow, or maybe the shadow shadows. I don't know. Anyway, that, what are we going to do with that? I mean, that's a three-story walk-up that is uh, not meeting any code whatsoever. I don't even know if they're using the ground floor anymore of that building. Uh, they used to use some of the ground floors. There was a dentist in there my dad took me to when I was a kid, Dr. Randolph. You talk about a house of horrors. Nothing but great, great memories from that experience. Not to, you know, it's just Dennis. You know, Dennis and a kid, you know, you walk up there, they had the pliers. And, oh, my God, it was like walking into Perry Mason's office. Beautiful building. Absolutely beautiful building. The architecture, blah, blah, blah. But the codes, it doesn't meet any codes. So what do you do? So that's why to see a private investor come in and spend the time and money on those three structures. And, again, they just turned out absolutely beautiful. I understand the Rainbird restaurant will eventually be open over there. There is a, a little bistro open over there now. I asked somebody because I was I was going to go over last Friday, uh, you know, eating the lunch, trying to trying to patronize the businesses a couple of times a week around here. And I thought, you know, it's going to be packed. And I asked somebody, they go, oh, yeah, we went over there, and it was uh, absolutely wonderful. I go, well, how was the food? They go, you know, I was I was pleased. And I said, how was the portions? And uh, they said, well, they were, uh, they were, they call them European size portions. Now, uh, I don't know if you've, you know, I call it the foo-foo plate. You know, it's, you know, it's got the, the marmalade, you know, the dops, the, the drops, the, the dollops of the uh, sauces. And then in the middle, you know, right in the middle is the entree, you know, maybe a slice of fish. Or, I don't know if it's like that, but I thought the, uh, I thought the term European portions were good. And of course, good old American prices. And I, as I've said in previous uh, segments, uh, earlier segments, the uh, prices I've noticed at some of the restaurants I've patronized have, uh, well, they haven't gone down. Let's just put it that way. And when you couple that with the, uh, I don't know, I just feel a need to, you know, leave nice tips, uh, especially knowing what everybody's been going through. Not that I, you know, have been immune to it here at the station, but again, just so thankful that, uh, you know, people are still in business, those that are. Uh, you just feel inclined to uh, be generous. It's expensive to eat out. You know, it's not cheap anymore. But anyway, the El Cap is open. So wonderful. Hope people get over there, patronize it. Uh, stay the night if you uh, need a place. You know, you got to go on the couch. Hey, let's let's drop 200 a night. See what? I don't think that's going to be turned into Project Room Key anytime soon. They have record players in the room. It's my understanding Dave Luna had donated his record collection over there. No, I understand. What is it? Tigers and Daggers. An advertiser here at the station. Wonderful for them to uh, be, uh, again, utilize local, that local promotion. And I know that's real big. You know, the whole thing is local-themed. Wallpaper, hand-drawn, artists, uh, really everything. Food, uh, suppliers, uh, promoting. And there's so many things in the Valley. You know, we've talked about agritourism. Uh, when you just look, you know, I can see, you know, we have the Gallo cheese. We have the, uh, you know, Hostetler's nuts. We've got the uh, the Foster's chickens. We've got... I mean, it goes on, Hillmar, you know, it goes on and on and on. And to take people around uh, to show them how these operations work, to show them, you know, where water flows, food grows, and how it uh, goes from that uh, elemental, uh, you know, basic uh, basic commodity of water to a, an economy, uh, I, think is, I think is something that uh, we, could, we could do a lot better uh, promoting here in our valley, in our community, and maybe the El Capitan. Uh, really is is the first step, along with, again, the Mazer, Mainzer and the Tioga Hotel, or just the Tioga. And it's not a hotel anymore. It's a Tioga Apartments. Again, that's, you know, people live there. It's a Bank of America. Your parking lot is safe at night because uh, those folks park over there and uh, good lighting. They should thank B of A. I'll tell you, that's, uh, that's becoming another thing downtown. 
Boy, we're getting out of time. That's becoming another thing downtown. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're in trouble. The CD, the CD has gone crazy. Anyway, um, parking, parking downtown. Have you noticed? It's getting harder and harder. You got to circle the block. You got to, you got to get, uh, you got to get aggressive, man. So uh, park somewhere and walk. I find it's easier to walk here from the station sometimes instead of trying to get a place in the front of the front door. Which a, a couple of months ago, that was no problem. Hey, listen, we're out of time for the six o'clock hour. Uh, enjoy, Roger. Community conversations next hour, and then eight o'clock to nine thirty. Another episode with me. We'll cover so much, so much to talk about. Hey, we've uh, enjoyed talking to you. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your Valley Citizen Watch. Merced's News Talk, one hundred seven point three FM, fourteen eighty AM, KYOS. Hola.